Hey, will you join me in just giving up for our worship team? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, every week. And then I just want to take a minute. I know a lot of times we, they don't do this, but our AVL team, man, they're behind the scenes. Can we just say thank you to them? Yeah, so awesome. And the reason, really, I, I say that because Nate running the sound back there, I want y'all to know my biggest fear is not getting up here and speaking in front of y'all, is standing behind that curtain singing and this mic being on. Because that is not a joyful sound, all right? Um, and so thank you, Nate, for not leaving that thing on. But, uh, man, you guys sound amazing. And uh, I'm just uh, super excited to share God's word with you this morning. If you don't hear anything else this morning, I want you to hear this, okay? Know this truth. A personal relationship with Jesus changes everything. Can we say amen? amen? A personal relationship changes everything. Why? Because Jesus brings the dead back to life. Jesus can remove sickness and illness. Jesus can help the blind to see. I don't know about you, but for a long time, I was blind. I was blind. Jesus can help the blind to see. Jesus can crush the sin that controls our life. Jesus gives us new life. Aren't you thankful for that? Jesus can bring revival. I don't know about you, but I truly believe that Jesus can bring revival into a world that needs it. We need revival. And the only way that we're going to find revival is by people finding Jesus. That's the only way it's going to happen. This past week, I had the opportunity to go and spend some time with my family. Uh, and when I say with my family, y'all, there's, there's like 20 of us in a house. All right? And it's so awesome. It's a tradition that my father-in-law, he says, he tells us all the time. Uh, I've been a part of the family now 20 years, almost 20 years, 22 years, somewhere in there. My wife's going to be mad at me, but 22 years. Um, but the one thing he always asked is that everybody would come to know Jesus and that we would all go on vacation together. And so that's been a staple of our family. And so I'm so thankful last week that I had the opportunity to go and spend some time. And I don't know about y'all, but when I go to the beach, I'm a people watcher. Anybody a people watcher? Somebody like, you're a creepy guy, all right? <laughs> but I love to watch people because you, it just, it's, it's, it gives me a, a lot of material, okay? And so... I was, I, this past week, I was sitting underneath the umbrella because I like to just crash underneath the umbrella and I could sit for hours at a time. And the tide had gone out and y'all know when the tide goes out, it forms all these little, I call them big ponds, you know, like right there on the beach. And there was this one kid, he was standing in water about this up to his knees and he was set on, he was gonna catch a fish. And so he had nothing to catch it with and I was like, this is gonna be great. And so I watched him because I could see it building. And so he takes off running and he dives like Superman to see there's this little fish. He's like this big, okay? There's this one little fish went around and he dives like Superman to try to catch it. Now, as I sat there for 15 minutes and I watched him go back and forth, I mean, he never caught a fish. And I was like, man, if he does catch one, this is going to be amazing to see what he does when he's got it in his hands, right? Like, how's he going to respond? And so for like 30 minutes, he went back and forth, diving side to side. And every time he'd come up, he was even more frustrated. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Like you've seen it. He's frustrated. He sits right there on the side and he's just like, because he can't catch his fish. Well, sometime later, this older gentleman walks down who I assume was his father. He's carrying a net similar to something like this. And he calls out to his son, who I guess at like nine or 10, he says, son, come over here. So his son gets up and he's pouting. He walks over to him. He's picked out a different little area where the tide's going out. There's this big, a bunch of water right there. There's these fish swimming around in it. And his father says, hey, 
follow me. And so he takes this net. He said, if you watch, see what I do, follow me. He drops the net down and it catches over one of these fish. He pulls it up and y'all, I'm down, literally. There was a fish this big. But that boy's face was amazing. Like he was so energized when he saw this fish in this net and his father said, here, now you do it. And he said, but I don't want you to go over there and I don't want you to go there. I want you to cast your net right here. And this circle right here in front of you, I want you to cast the net right here. And that boy took that net. You'd have thought there was jaws in there. He took that net and he dropped it down and he watched it sink and he had this face of amazement and he pulled it up and there was the fish flopping around for his last little bit of breath. But that kid was so excited. And he, was, he looked at his father and he said, man. And it couldn't help, I just, as I sat there underneath the umbrella, I really felt like this moment, I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna talk about, but God, you just gave it to me. And the big question for all of us this morning that we can take from a picture like this is where are you casting your net? The question for each and every one of us as we sit out here inside these four walls of this beautiful church that we have everything we possibly need, where are you casting your net? Where are you casting it? Because so many of us in the world, the culture that we live in, we run from side to side and we're diving in and we really don't know what we're aiming at. We're just diving. We're chasing all these different things. When this picture right here of this young boy with his father said, you just follow me and put it right here. Where are you casting your net? That's a big question for all of us. In a world where we hear there's over 3 billion people who've never heard the name of Jesus. Y'all, that's a lot of people. But when I even shrink that down, it's like, okay, how many people right outside these four walls have never heard the name Jesus? Y'all, we get so caught up in going here and going there, and that's all very important. Everybody understand, I'm, that's very important. But we are called to be missionaries right here. We are called to cast our net right here in front of us in the circle that God has placed us. And we so often don't do that. Where are you casting your net? And the bigger question, as we peel the layer back on that a little bit more, is this question. Who is inside your circle that needs to hear about Jesus? Do you realize that God has set us all in different places with different gifts and abilities and talents and he's put us in a circle and he says, listen, I've placed you there for a reason. It's for you to live out Jesus in your lives. Everybody understand that? And y'all, we get so caught up in other things and this thing and culture Christianity and all this kind of stuff that we forget that right here in front of us in our own little circle that God has placed people who have never heard the name of Jesus and he's placed you there to tell them about it. Where are you casting your net? Where are you casting it? So we have to define this morning, what is that circle? Now, we know over the last few years, the world has defined what our circle is, right? It says it's six feet away from us. Everybody know what I'm talking about, right? We, the world has defined our circle as don't let anybody within six feet, you keep them on the outside. In fact, if you can keep them either further away, that's better. We live in a social media thing where, man, we could just, oh man, I keep up with everybody. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. We don't have to get close to them. And y'all, we, 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 we say, hey, if I stay six feet away from them, it's up to the next person to try to tell them. No, 
We become this culture that says get away when we've got to become a culture that is willing to run into circumstances and situations that are right here in front of us at God's place and it's going to be messy, it's going to be ugly, it's going to be dirty. But you know what? If we're living for Jesus, we've got to be willing to go to him. Does that make sense? My question for you, why are we going farther away when we got to be coming closer together? Y'all, if we want people to experience Jesus, then we've got to be willing to take Jesus to them. We've got to be willing to live that out in our own lives. And the only way that we can do that is if we're willing in, that, in our circle, our circle of influence, are we willing to run into those places where they're difficult? And y'all, that might be a coworker. I guarantee you, every single one of you had to think about a coworker. You could think of somebody who doesn't know Jesus. My question is, if they're your coworker, why don't they know Jesus? If you're there. It could be a family member. Do y'all know that the hardest people to tell Jesus about is you do your family? Did y'all know that? It's, the most it's one of the most difficult conversations you can have. Maybe it's a coworker, a family member, a ball field parent. I don't know about you, but I can't count the many of hours I spent at a ball field with so many people cheering about a ball or a strike or a home run, but I've never shared Jesus. It could be your neighbor. It could be the gas station attendant. Where, where in your circle has God taken you that you come across people every single day and they're only in your circle and they're in your circle because God is placing them there because you are the only person who can reach them. You realize that? Like your circle is filled with so many people that God has placed you there because you're the only person that can reach them. Are you casting your net? Throughout scripture, Jesus loved hanging out with fishermen. Seven of the 12 disciples were fishermen. Jesus fed with fish, thousands and thousands of people. At the last supper, they had fish. He taught valuable life lessons with fish. Fishing was a huge way of life, but what I, what I truly love is what Jesus is screaming to all of us today is that, hey, I need you to become fishermen. Not of fish, but of people. Y'all, we can't any longer just sit back and say, hey, you know what? I'll just fish for fish. When he's saying that we gotta go to people. Y'all, we wanna change this world and we gotta go to people. It does us no good to continue to worship in here and to praise and to say all these things if we're not willing to go out and live it. And y'all, I promise you, last week as I was sitting underneath this umbrella, I was like, Am I casting my net? Am I casting my net? He says he wants us to become fisher of men, of people. And so I'm a takeaway person. And so I've got this takeaway and I hope that you'll write it down and I hope that you'll just go back to it because this really stepped on my toes. But here's what it is. If you're not fishing, are you really following? Hmm. Y'all, we can't continue to play the Jesus game and check the box and do all these things and say, hey, I love Jesus. I'm sold out to Jesus. My life is sold out to Jesus, but we're only gonna stay in this area when we gotta go do the other part. If you're not fishing, are you really following? Y'all, we have become this culture that chases success and miss souls. Everybody hear that? We chase success, but we miss souls. Just think if we would change our, our direction, our thoughts, 
the way that we lived, what if we changed our priorities and got them right and said everything was going to be Jesus first? We were going to chase after people, and if we got those right, you know what? I think we would be really successful. We've got to recalibrate. We've got to get back to a place where we're going to be on fire for Jesus because why? Jesus called us to do it. If you're not fishing, are you really following we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 4, 18 through 21. You've looked at these verses probably a thousand times. We're going to read them this morning again. But before we do that, I want to jump to John chapter 1. I'm going to read it really quick to you. Because we can't understand what the call is in Matthew chapter 4 until we understand where they've come from. So John chapter, chapter 1, verse 35. This is the first disciples. The following day, John, John the Baptist, was standing against Standing with two of the disciples, as Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there's the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. What'd they do? They followed, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw the following. He asked them, what do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Verse 39, come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon, and they went there with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Verse 40, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of those men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Verse 41, Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Y'all, the reason this is so important, because Andrew's not mentioned a whole lot in the Bible. He's not the popular brother. He's the one that's there. But every time you read about Andrew, he was out inviting somebody. And here, Andrew went to his brother and said, hey, listen, we've met the Messiah. Come with us. So he goes and he gets Peter and he brings him to Jesus. And it says here, this is that moment where he came to know Jesus. And listen to what it says. Verse 42, when Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus, looked intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be Cephas, which means Peter. Which means Peter. Y'all here, this is so important because it sets up. Here, there was a call to salvation. And what we're fixing to read in Matthew chapter 4, there was a call to action. Everybody say the word action. There was a call to action. But what happened first is that Andrew went to his brother and he took him to Jesus. Does everybody see that? He went to his brother and took him to Jesus. And we know, we don't hear a whole lot about Andrew, but just because of that moment, Peter was used greatly. Matthew chapter 4. It says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, again, we just read about him, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Professional fishermen here. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me. I love that word right there. He said, Come, follow me. Again, we live in a world today, man, we follow a lot of stuff, Right? Man, I follow this, follow that, follow this, follow this, follow this, follow this. Y'all, I got on Facebook, I got 9,000 friends. I don't know 9,000 people. I don't know them. I know they don't know me. But we follow so much, and here's, here's his words. He says, follow me. Y'all, as followers of Christ, and we are sold out completely to Jesus, that means we don't follow this of the world, this of the world, this of the world, this of the world. We follow Jesus. We follow Jesus. And y'all, when it says, come follow me, Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the Savior. He's the Messiah. He's the son of David. He's the son of Abraham. Jesus is the center of history. Jesus is fully human. 
He's fully divine. He's the shepherd for the weak. Jesus is everything. Do y'all believe that this morning? I do. I believe he's everything. Jesus is everything. He goes and it says, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, he saw two brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. I love it. There's so many things there. But I love this picture of immediately they dropped everything and they followed. Mark chapter, four, Mark chapter 1. The same story here. I love it in the Gospels what it it kind of continues to add on. So, but Mark chapter one, listen to what it says. On that day, Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon again, all right, who becomes Peter. Brother Andrew throwing a net into the water for they fish for a living. Again, professional fishermen. Jesus called out to them, come, what's the words, the next two words? Follow me. Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for, what's that next word? People. Fish for people. I, I don't know about you. I'm not much of a fisherman because I don't have enough patience, all right? When I go out fishing, I'm like, when are we moving? When are we moving? But what he's saying here is like, listen, I need you to give up fishing for fish. You can come back to it. I need you to fish for people. I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their net at once and followed him. Verse 19, a little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat, repairing their nets. I love it. Fishermen were always preparing for what was next. They're repairing their nets. Maybe it had a hole in it. I don't know. He called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. Now, I always read that, and I kind of giggled. I was like, man, they just, they left dad. But obviously, he was a pretty... Uh, successful in his fishing business because he had some hired help with him. And so father is not alone, but they leave him and they go. And y'all, when I read this and I think about what Jesus is calling him to, there's an action step here. And that call from Jesus is personal. Listen, he said, Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. It's personal. Jesus calling is personal. It's personal. Y'all, I stood up here and gave some announcements at the beginning. Most of you have probably forgot them, right? You're like, okay, that was just a general thing. But if I step off this stage and I walk down here and I go, how you doing? Stephen McNeil, good to see you. I wanna invite you to come to our fireworks show on July 30th. You'll be there, right? Oh, he's in now, right? He's in. He's in. It's personal, and that's what Jesus is calling out to. Y'all, the call here is personal. It's personal. And when we hear that, it's, we see an immediate impact from the invite of Jesus. Jesus called out to them, not the first time they'd met Jesus, but he calls out to them and they immediately go. And y'all, this is important because the question is, is Jesus calling out to us, but are we willing to go and follow him completely sold out? James 4, 8 tells us, come near to God and he will come near to you. I love this picture that Jesus comes to them. They didn't have to go to Jesus, he came to them. So a few takeaways from this, these, these verses here that I wanna share with you that God just laid on my heart. I think it's so 
relevant for us in the time that we find ourselves. The first one was, Jesus called them using their profession. Y'all, there's a lot of professions in this room. But what if in all our professions, we were willing to go to those circles that God has placed us with the abilities that we have, the gifts that he has given to us, and we're willing to live out Jesus so it makes a difference in their life. And so he relates to these fishermen. He's like, hey, listen, you guys like to fish? Let's go fish for people. What if we as teachers said, hey, I'm going in my classroom. I'm going to relate. Let's go. What if doctors and, I mean, we could go through all these things, but he called them using their profession. John 15, 16 says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. I'm so thankful that he chooses me. I don't deserve it, but he chooses me. And he chooses you. And he calls you using the gifts and the abilities that he's given to you to go and make a difference. That's the call here. You know, back in those days, uh, a, a disciple would want to hook onto a rabbi so they could, you know, it was a status. How could they be recognized? Those type of things. And obviously, these guys were maybe too old, not the right last name. They didn't have the status and all those type of things. And what I love about this picture is that Jesus comes to them. He says, you don't have to come seek me out. I'll come seek you out. Let's go. Action. And y'all, every single one of you, he is reaching out to you. He's saying, let's go. We can't no longer just sit here and not do anything. We've got to be willing to go out into the world to make a difference. And that world starts as soon as you get in that car and you get out there on 378. And somewhere this week, you're going to sit in traffic there. And you can have the opportunity somehow in some place you stop to use the profession that you have to make a difference. He called them using their profession. The second thing I take from this, it was a call to service. He says, I will show you how to fish for people. What are we fishing for? What are we fishing for? People. He said, I will show you how to fish for people. Here Jesus gives them a purpose. I don't know about you, but I love a purpose. Y'all, we have a purpose. The purpose is not just to sit here and occupy a seat. The purpose is to go out, to cast our net in the circle that he's placed you in. That's the purpose. That's the purpose. Jesus gives them a purpose. Luke 10, 2 says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Jesus not only wants your heart, your loyalty, and trust, he wants to change us. He says, no longer just stay here and fish in a profession, but use what the gifts and the abilities, the profession I've given to you, and tell people about Jesus. Tell people about Jesus. And y'all, the, the reality is we can either this morning turn and run from Jesus or we can completely surrender. Y'all, we can't continue to say, hey, I, I just don't believe that we can say we're a follower completely sold out to Jesus if we're not willing to go to people. I don't believe it. I don't think we can do it. The call is the service. The third thing, at once, in this verse it says, come follow me. And it says in verse 20, and they left their nets at once and followed him. I don't know about you, but how many of y'all would have had to say, okay, give me some time. I got to clear my schedule. I got to go home and do these things and all this type of stuff. They didn't do that. They went at once. They didn't make excuses. They dropped everything. My question for you, is Jesus more important than your excuses? Is he more important than your excuses? 
Do you pursue Jesus as much as you pursue the air in your lungs? Y'all, I went underwater one time this week and I came up out of the ocean. When, I, when you come up, you know that big breath you feel and it feels so like amazing. Do we pursue Jesus the same way that we want oxygen in our lungs? Because we have to. Because there's a world out there that's pulling our young people and everybody towards them and says, you don't need Jesus, get farther and farther away from Jesus. When we've gotta be willing to say, at once, I will go into those places, that circle of influence, and I will tell people about Jesus. At once. And then the last word in this scripture that really stood out to me, the word I will. Everybody say I will. Listen to what he says here. Come follow me and I will show you. Y'all, what truth there. We don't have to go watch a video. We don't have to stream anything. It says, you just open my word, I'll give you the instructions. He said, I will show you how to fish for people. I will. Not you, not your girlfriend, not your spouse, not your kids. He says, I will show you. I will show you. It's a personal teaching here. Jesus spoke a language here of outcome. He says, I'll show you. But it's gonna cost. It's gonna require courage, ability to work together, patient, energy, stamina, faith, tenacity, but the cost is worth it. Let me ask this question. Do you know somebody that you can think of right now that's in your circle that you know they need Jesus? Y'all, if you can't answer yes to that, then we're not hanging out in the right places. Y'all, this... This point of living safe, we can't live safe anymore. You know, there's a world dying and going to hell and we have been called to go and cast our net so that people can hear about Jesus. That's what the call here is. The call is here, it's a call to action. And I love that in Matthew chapter four here, it's the call to the disciples, the first disciples like, listen, let's go fish for people. And then if you read on in Matthew chapter 28, he says to go and reach the nations, right? We started with just a few people and then they got to spend time with Jesus and watch his teachings and follow. And then he says the last words to him is like, listen, go out to the nations now. Go cast your nets, but start right here in your circle. Start right here and then let's go from there. And you ask yourself the question, why is this important? Why, why is fishing for people so important? Why is it so important for me to cast my net when people probably don't want to even hear it? I want to share a story with you. I heard years ago there was a guy that interviewed for a job at a church, okay? And he walked in and he sat down in the interview process and they asked him all these questions and boy, he could answer them really good. He had all the answers. And then right when he got up to, to leave, the guy said, hey, I got one more question for you. He said, man, you did great on this part. Let me ask you this question. He said, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven or hell? The dude's response was like, whoa, I just want to do this. He said, you can't do this without this. And so obviously, the way the story goes, the guy didn't get the job. Something about knowing Jesus to work at a church is probably pretty important, right? Right? So he didn't get the job. Well, three weeks later, Y'all, this is, it's amazing. Three weeks later, this guy gets a phone call and he says, you won't believe this. He goes, are you still interested in the job? The guy says, well, you told me I, I didn't know Jesus. 
And he says, well, obviously God has a plan for your life. He said, because we were hiring three, two didn't show up, you were number four. And he says, so obviously God has a plan. So the guy went to work there and it says, hey, there were some stipulations to it. You got to come to church every Sunday. You got to be in a Bible study. You got to be mentored. You got to do all these things if you want to work here. And so for every day, the way the story goes is that this guy who interviewed poured into him. He cast his net every single day. And that guy kept rejecting and rejecting and rejecting and rejecting, but he kept casting. Y'all, eight months later, eight months, it didn't happen. Eight months later at a camp, the plan of salvation was given. Guess who the first guy was down the aisle? That guy that somebody cast the net for for eight months, day in and day out, got rejected and he kept throwing it. And you want to know why it makes a difference? Because that person was me. At the age of 21, I got hired on a church staff. I didn't know Jesus. I had a lot of head knowledge, but I didn't have heart knowledge. And they took a chance. And every day for eight months, one guy cast his net over and over and over and over. And I rejected it, rejected it, rejected it, rejected it. But he kept fishing. So why does it matter? Because it changes lives. It changes lives. And he could have said, you know what? You just keep swimming your way and man, eternity is going to be too long for you. He could have let me just keep swimming, but he chased me and he cast his net every day. And I want y'all to know, I'm so thankful for that. And I guarantee if I had to ask every single one of you had to go back and think, somebody cast the net for you over and over and over and over and over and over and they never stopped. It changes lives. And that's what the call is to these disciples. Listen, I don't need you just to fish for fish anymore. I need you to go after people. I need you to go after people. I need you to go after people. And so how do we fish this morning? Really quick. First, we act in obedience. Everybody say the word obedience. We act in obedience. We go. That's what the call was here. He called those disciples, let's go. The second thing is you accept irrational assignments. We go fish for people. We don't fish anymore for what we want. We put Jesus first. We fish for people. The, second, the third thing is, we anticipate overwhelming results. Andrew's not mentioned many times in the Bible, but every time he is mentioned, he invited somebody. He brought him to Jesus. Because of that, 3,000 people through his brother, Peter, who preached about Jesus. And y'all, when I say that word, anticipate overwhelming results, hear what I'm saying. I love it when people reject me. You go, man, that's crazy. What's wrong with you? You know why I love when people reject me? Because they had to hear me first. To reject me, they had to hear me. They had to hear me. Number four, admit your weaknesses. 
I could imagine these guys could have come up with a bunch of reasons. Man, I got to stay with my father. I'm scared. I'm shy. I'm not a good speaker. I'm not educated enough. Nobody's going to listen to me. Y'all, what Jesus says is come open-handed. They didn't take anything off the boat with them. They just went. They just went. Number five, we got to abandon your past. Y'all, Jesus is worthy of total abandonment. Can we say amen? amen. Like, we've got to let go of everything. Jesus is worthy. Abandon our past. Jesus is worthy of total abandonment. Y'all, my scars remind me of where I've come from. But Jesus points me to where I'm going. And the last thing here, use the right bait. You want to know inside your circle what is the right bait? You. You're the right bait. You are. And God has placed you there to go fishing, to cast your net. And the challenge for us is, are we willing to do that? Are we willing to do that? Y'all, in a culture of violence, darkness, self-promotion, and lostness, the only cure for the heart is Jesus. It's Jesus. No program, none of that. It's Jesus. It's a personal relationship with Jesus. But will we go fish for him? Y'all, I see a bunch of open seats here. We should be challenged to go and fish for people to come here to this place that is a hospital for the sick. It's a hospital for the sick. Jesus is calling us. It's, it's an action here. This is biblical discipleship. So I'm gonna close with this. If you're not fishing, are you following? And this word here, eternity is too long to be wrong, right? Eternity is too long to be wrong when it comes to people. We can't assume that people know Jesus. We can't assume that the people, all the people in our circle know Jesus. My question is, will you cast your net with your life? The way that you live, what people see, is it a mirror of what Jesus is doing in your life? Is it a picture? Your circle of influence, will you cast your net? I think it'd be pretty funny if we all walked into Walmart and just cast the net over everybody. Like, listen, if you do that this week and you go to jail, don't call me, okay? I didn't have anything to do with it. But literally, y'all, the picture here is are we willing to cast ourselves to people, to allow people to see Jesus? That's what the call is here to the first disciples. And I still believe it's the same call to us. Who will you cast your net to this week? Who? So I want everybody just to bow your head and close your eyes. And I just want you to, if you're here today and maybe God's been knocking at your heart, 
He's just been knocking, knocking, knocking. You've been ignoring, running, running, running. Maybe today is the day he's saying, you know what? I'm calling to you. Make today the day you say yes. Y'all, a personal relationship with Jesus changes everything. And maybe that's you. You're here this morning. You're saying, man, I, I don't know Jesus that way. Matt and Scott them are gonna be down front here. They would love, there was nothing more we would love to celebrate than for you to answer that call, to follow Jesus personally, to give your life to him, not to hold on to your life anymore, but to give it up. But the second question is this, would you be bold enough here in just the next minutes as we sing this song, the blood that was shed for us, would we be willing to just say, I know one person by name? Would you be willing to maybe come down to this altar and just pray for that name? For you to be able just to have in your circle of influence that you would be able to cast your net this week to them. Would you, would you do that? Maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a coworker. This altar is open. Y'all, we have to respond. We have to go out and make a difference. So I'm gonna ask, just as you keep your head bowed, eyes closed, as they begin to sing, they're just gonna be singing over us while we're praying. And I'm gonna ask, would you just pray for that one name? And again, the altar is open. Would you be willing to just say, you know what, I'm gonna come down front. Maybe that's, I just need to lay it at the altar. Would you just for this moment, as the song begins, just pray, God, allow me to cast my net this week.